What is happening? Welcome back to the show. This is Creating Space. I'm your host, Wes Knight. I'm here with the author of Feng Shui Simply, Change Your Life from the Inside Out. This is Cheryl Grace. She's a Feng Shui practitioner. She's got a lot of awesomeness around her in her energy. I'm so excited to bring her on to the show. Cheryl, what's happening? Oh, it's so nice to be with here with you, Wes, because I've known of you from your podcast wow. and from uh, Facebook. Of course, I follow you on Facebook. I listen to your podcast and now I'm face to face with you. So this is very exciting to me. This is good energy. Yeah, no, our exchange of energy is very natural and very easy. And uh, holding this book in your hand is very cool because I've always wanted to know what feng shui exactly was. I've, I really don't have much of an idea. So as we get started, tell me you are a professional practitioner in this. What is feng shui? Uh, feng shui is the art of enhancing your environment to improve your life. So there, most people know feng shui in the physical environment where you put your furniture, your artwork, your accessories, and you put them in such a way that it creates good vibrant energy in the home. So what does that mean? Uh, you know, if you're, anytime you're around a feng shui practitioner, they want you to unclutter. They want you to clean everything up. Right. They want it to be organized. They want it to be spacious. That's the essence of the design science of feng shui. But for me, there's also an internal feng shui, an internal component, component, your internal environment, the way you think, the way you act, the way you move about the world, who you get along with, um, how you uh, create energy in your own space, and how you interchange energy. So that's to me, is more fascinating than just the, where do you put the furniture. So it's much more of a lifestyle than just an aesthetic, right? Exactly. It's a lifestyle. You don't get feng shui'd one time and then you're done. <laughs> it's like a revelation. It's actually a, a way to live your life. It is a lifestyle that you do every day and it's what you, how you think and how you act and how you move about the world. I really like that. So let's go a little bit deeper. Let's dive into that. How did you come across feng shui and when did you realize that it had some importance in your life and you wanted to kind of buy into the practice and make it a lifestyle of your own? Yeah. So my, my past career has been in the corporate America. I used to work for USA Gymnastics, uh, the national governing body of the sport. I was a gymnast and then I worked for the Federation. So I traveled with the uh, Olympic team all over the world for about 10 years. So every Olympic event, every world championship, which of course included traveling to China. Sure. Then from there, I went to work for ESPN for 15 years. And there I worked with Olympic sports. So again, I'm traveling worldwide and back to China. So feng shui started in China. And so while I'm there, I'm really observing the people and the environment and how peaceful they are. A lot of China, as you know, is very poor. And, um, and they're riding bikes and getting from place to place. But their attitude is so vibrant. They're such interesting people. They're such kind people. So I was fascinated by that attitude within a challenging environment of, of, some, of some poverty and, and a vast space and everything else. And, of course, feng shui originating in China, that's, they don't even buy a home or build a home until they study the feng shui and the topography of the land. Whoa. So when I came back from China, when I was coming through, back through the airport, I went into the bookstore at the airport and I found a book called Clear Your Clutter with Feng Shui. And I thought, let me just dive right into that. So I read it from cover to cover on the way back to uh, Bristol, Connecticut in, at ESPN. And uh, it changed my life, just the book. So I thought, well, let me study it. Uh, let me do it. Let me clear my clutter. Um, not only physical clutter, but mental clutter too. So that's how I really got into it. And it just became a way of life. For so me. you said it changed your life. Uh, a lot of times that takes just taking one piece of the practice and implementing it and seeing the feedback that you get from it. What were one of the first things that you took from the book and then implemented into well, your life? Well, the very first thing is I just decluttered. Uh -huh. You know, uh, I wasn't a messy person to begin with. I was fairly neat. But there's always, you know, it's easy to walk in your house and throw things down or you have a drawer that's overstuffed. And there was something about the lightness of getting rid of things um, because a lot of what feng shui is, is hoarding. You've seen those programs on TV, right, Wes? <laughs> yeah. Where the, the, the severe extreme hoarders. Yeah. But the reason, if you listen to what they say, why do you hoard? It's based on fear. I'm afraid 
that if I don't buy this or, or store it or have two of it or three of it, that when I need it, I won't have it. And wow. a lot of that came from the mindset from when, you know, our parents or grandparents came from war days where they needed to hoard things and get the extra cans and things like that because things were sparse. Right. And there was an availability of things. So a little bit came from environmental influences, but a lot of it is just fear that you need to have a lot of stuff in order to make sure you're okay. A bit of that scarcity mindset will overflow into other aspects of your it life. It does, so but we'll... what it also does, it doesn't make room for things that are new, which is about creating uh, space, creating right? Creating space. Because if your life and everything is already filled, there's no room for something new to enter, something better to enter. Ooh. Right? Ooh. Very because good. it's already taken. The place is already taken. Sure. Yeah. So you're removing clutter from your physical life. What were you removing from your energetic or your spiritual realm? Inside? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of times you get talked into going to places and things that you don't really feel like doing. And uh, it could be a luncheon. Or it could be this. Or somebody said, oh, why don't you come over to my house or do this or that? And you're thinking at the time it sounded great or that you're a friend. You don't want to hurt their feelings. But then when you find out you really don't want to go, that's creating mental clutter and space because it's not something you energetically want to connect with. So I sort of learned from the feng shui philosophy that it's okay to say no because no does not mean forever. No means not right now. I like that. So it just says, no, I, you know, I'll reschedule with you or whatever. And so not being obligated with things that you want to do because, again, you're creating space within a day to connect to things you do want to do. Right. So you're opening up the channel to fill your life with more things that you choose that, that, that are positive influences. Right. You. And, and you also have to be careful. You're very driven. I was very driven. Um, I never slept more than three hours a night at ESPN for 15 years. Wow. I mean, because you're on the job. It's, it's, ESPN is open 24 hours a day. There are no keys to the building because it's never closed. Wow. You just walk in and out. There's a regard there or whatever. So you can imagine how you can get wrapped up in that energy. Did you ever feel unhealthy in that? environment in that situation? Uh, I did feel unhealthy in that environment because there was no balance between personal and work mode. And as a feng shui practitioner, I'm always in the middle of everything. I'm always in the neutral position, kind of like a car. You know, when you're in neutral of a car, you can, if you get in a situation where you have to move quickly, you can go forward or backwards because you're in neutral. Sure. But if you're in full blown out gas mode with a foot on the pedal, you're only going in one direction. That's right. So if you stay kind of in the neutral position all the time, you can go any way that any vibe wants to take you. You know, that makes a lot of sense because before the event, the Lululemon event that I had uh, just a few weeks ago, uh, I realized that I was pushing so hard for creating space, trying to find new avenues, find guests, find this, find that. You talk about that ambition, that drive. Um, and my intention in walking into the event was to, was to let go, was to trust. Right. And, and that was a, there was a big battle there. And it culminated in me allowing myself to take a step back and realize any control that I think I have is perceived control. And since having that experience, things have flowed much more naturally. Is this the neutral type experience? It that is you're the neutral about? space. So, so you think of the opposite extremes of feng shui is either being very aggressive or very passive, push, pull, high, low, big, small textured, bland, you know, it's always the opposites. Sure. And we have a tendency to get drawn into one or the other. So when, when, when you're excited about something and you, you have this energy, you're getting aggressive. You're going, I'm going to just grab it all. I'm going to take it all and grab it all. I'm going to do it all and everything. But it's really in the neutral position that is your position of power. Okay. The power position is in neutral because you're observing the energy and the, and the pluses of the aggressive part and you're observing all the energy in the passive part because information resides in both spaces. And wow. if you're always over here to the right, pawing and aggressively and climbing up the tree, then you don't notice all the nuances around you that give you that balanced perspective. So if you're on one side or the other, one of the polars, what's a good way to get yourself into the neutral? Well, I always say, you know, a lot of times people try to go, well, if you're too passive, I need to jump into being aggressive. I've been sleeping for three days straight. Now I got to hike Mount, Mount Olympus. No, all you have to do is get back to neutral because neutral is the position of power, right? So you don't have to just 100% go 180. You just kind of get back into neutral. That might be go take a walk around the block or 
call up a few people for a conversation. Just get yourself back into the middle zone, and then you're back in the position power. Now you can kind of look at everything and say, what piques my interest? Where are my urges? Where is my passion to do the next big thing? I really like that. It, to put it in the sports context, my old man used to tell me about the the camera, the way they would film the games, and they would do the, the playback so they could teach. The eye in the sky never lies, right? So if you can take yourself out of the situation and in and amongst the minutia of it, and you can pull your perspective out of it and slow down, then you can kind of see and judge and make decisions based upon that perspective. But I'm a feeling guy, right? So what does that neutral space feel like? I know what it feels like to drive forward. I know what it feels like to feel uh, apathetic. But what does it feel like to be comfortably in that neutral energy? So I would say if you if you can't answer that question by yourself, mm. then you want to spend more time in that space because it's called the mindset of harmony. So peace, harmony, you experienced it in yoga class, right? Yeah, you absolutely. got really relaxed in yoga class. And then you had these creative thoughts of your next big thing. Yeah, I could see a vision very clearly. It was incredible how that, it came to me. You were in the mindset of harmony then. Got it. Because all the information comes in when you're there. If you're busy chattering and talking and over here being aggressive, or if you're asleep on the other end, no information's coming in because you're not listening. Wow. So the fact that you just got in the mindset of harmony, you let it all go, you, you surrendered it to the process, you had some big ideas come in. That was mindset of harmony. That's what neutral feels like. So what do you do when you have these energetic ideas that are coming in when you're harmonious and then you want to push those ideas into creation? Do, do you need to stay in that neutral zone? Can you create in that neutral zone or do you need to shift no, into you the put, No, you go for the, you go, you start to push out. You got the idea. Okay. Now you, now you create action steps and you follow your passion. You follow the energy because uh, creating money and success is you chase the inspiration. You don't chase the money. Right, right, right. right. So if you feel like chasing the inspiration, you chase it. When it hits a little stall, you don't keep banging your head against it. You go back to neutral space and go, let me observe. Is it a crossroad? Have I lost my passion for it? No, I still have the passion for it. Maybe it's a crossword. Let me observe it for a little while. Let me surrender to it and let it evolve. Sure. It's called divine timing, not West timing, not Cheryl timing, right? <laughs> because once yeah. we get going, we want, I want it. I want it now. Yeah, sure. If I press that microwave, I want it in 30 seconds. Right. I don't want to wait. Right. But in feng shui, you pace yourself. It's a zigzag pattern, not a straight pattern. Love it. Love it. So for the individuals, uh, a lot of it, people in the creating space tribe are always interested in overcoming fear and transforming their life by creating the space and, and having that availability and that void. When you're in neutral, what is it like to be able to feel it, hear it, and then have the uh, audacity really to, to then go and, and know you should shift into it, even when sometimes you're looking at maybe leaving a job to go chase a passion that you know you really want, or um, it, it could be leaving a relationship that you know that's not worthy of you any longer. What is the decision-making process when you're in neutral to to make the right decision? Yeah, I moments? think it's it's kind of trusting your gut instinct. Um, it's it's really feeling like, I, I feel so strongly about this, a passion. It doesn't mean being crazy ridiculous. When I left ESPN, I quit. Really? Yeah, I quit. I wanted to be a feng shui practitioner. And this, but was, I wasn't 15, this was 15 years. 15 years, ESPN. yeah. High paying salary, like a good, good salary. And I wanted to be a feng shui practitioner for the first time, which means zero money because you're starting something new. But so I wasn't nutty. I saved my money. I made sure I had a little cush so that I would have time to build a business. But I never looked back. And I even talk about in my book, it was like a, a jumping out of a plane without a parachute. Right. Because you're going, wow, <laughs> all the way down, right? Going, what did I just do? But I gave him a two-week notice. And my boss said to me, well, did we do something wrong? Why, do, why are you quitting? You know, you know, is it the money, whatever? And, and I said, no. I said, I just want to go do my thing. I want to be a feng shui practitioner or whatever. And he goes, I can't talk you out of it. And I said, no. And he goes, not even for a million dollars. Whoa. And I, 
not that he would give me a million dollars, but I, but he said it and I tilted my head and I said, no, not even for a million dollars. Hold on, Cheryl. You walked away from $1 million? Well, I don't know if he'd actually give me $1 million, (laughs) but I could have gotten a raise and I was making a, a fairly amount of salary, but talk about trusting your gut instinct. I knew that I would be a success of this because I had so much passion for it. Mm. And again, like I said, you chase the inspiration, not the money. I figured the money would follow. And even if I didn't make as much as I did, um, it wouldn't matter because I had already started that principle of letting go of stuff. I didn't need eight coats and five pairs of shoes and whatever because uh, I had enough already. Sure. Uh, And so when you, and plus when you, make a million dollars or you have a job that asks you to uh, work hard enough to earn the million dollars, you never get off that hamster wheel. It's like you run and run and run because you're striving and striving and striving. And if you stop striving, you have no worth anymore, right? Because you're worth a million dollars. So I never wanted to be held to that. That's why I like, that's why I connect to you because you're an entrepreneur at a very young age. I wish I would have done that too. I don't regret any of my corporate experience because sure. I had a great time and I made good money. But uh, I love what I do now because it's all about my energy and where I want to take it. 100%. Yeah, your vibe attracts your tribe, right? And I can exactly. see you light up when you talk about feng shui, but there were a lot of good relationships that you had at ESPN, I'm sure, after 15 years. I mean, we're connected through my talent manager, Sharita Johnson, who also worked at Bristol at ESPN. Yes. And so she's kind of brought us together because we're like-minded. We have a real passion for energy. So was it hard for you to walk away from those experiences and those relationships? Not really, because to be honest with you, most of them were not like-minded to me oh because again they are so driven live television all about sports very aggressive subject almost all men in the workplace um they couldn't if if they had a fight the night before the next day they're punching each other in the hallway you know because the, they're still experiencing the aggressive behavior of the fight from the night before and they're no punching way. you when you walk down the highway and you're going <laughs> what is wrong with these people you know and it's live television if you you're only as good as your last performance sure so if you screw up you're out yeah yeah so imagine that stress and that striving and that energy and that aggression 24/7 that's not who i wanted to be you know, I didn't really have personal relationships. I was never around to have a boyfriend. I was sure. always traveling. Yeah. So here you are in Florida. Yep. All right. Completely opposite lifestyle from what you've just exited. Uh, you're not getting that biweekly check any yes. longer. There's a bit of stress, I'm sure, associated with that. How do you pull yourself back into neutral in a new place, new environment, new job? Everything's new. Where was your mindset there to create? Because you're in create mode now. It was easy because, again, it's all mine. It's a new business. Um, I actually um, had a friend that was um, associated with ESPN. She was a uh, public relations director. And she said, would you like me to write something for the newspaper in Sarasota uh, that said you open your business? And, of course, I just got there. I'm house full of boxes. I don't have business cards. I don't have anything. And I said, yeah, sure. That'd be great. So she writes a new business opening, puts it into the Sarasota Tribune. And then the next day, my phone is ringing off the hook. Awesome. And I don't even have a business card. And I said, well, all righty then. I guess I'm working. (laughs) Here we go. You know, so I gathered up my briefcase and I go, let's go do feng shui. So uh, to me, it's right. The energy's there. It's it. You say you want to do it. The universe says, Okay, we're okay, going to give it to you. Here we go. Here we go. You know, we have something in common. I lived in the Sarasota slash Bradenton area for two summers. Oh, um, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, my God. I played at IMG in the summers in Professional Development League, and we would spend every afternoon on Siesta Key playing volleyball. Well, you know how wonderful it is, right? Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. Oh, the, it's the sand place. is the most incredible place, and I've got a, a special place in my heart for, for Sarasota. So I didn't even know that you lived there. That's yeah. very cool. So you're starting to work. You've created the space for this new job. I'm sure you're vibrant and happy. You're you're chasing it. Where does life start to go from there? Are you are you afraid or is it are you trusting right now that things are happening? Well, you you swing back and forth all the time. I mean, you know, it's it's easy to slip into fear. Like, what if I don't succeed? What if I don't get my next paycheck? How am I going to do this? But again, I told you I wasn't stupid. I had some money saved. Yeah. So like, and I lived 
a more balanced life. You know, sure. I didn't buy a lot of stuff. I had all the stuff already. Yeah. So, but you always have to, every time you feel that little tug that's negative, you know, you get back to the positive because neutral is somewhere in the middle, right? It's uh, not negative. doesn't mean that you have to be running around, you know, like cheerleader every five minutes. But you just go, you know, all I have to do is inch back into neutral. I don't have to go into this big kumbaya group hug space of positivity. Right. I just need to get back to neutral and then get back to my passion. And it's always acting your set. You know, I ask every single day of my life, what is my life to be used for? Mm. That's the first question I ask myself every morning. Spirit, universe, what is my life to be used for? And today it's being with Wes, and tomorrow it might be doing a feng shui appointment. But uh, if I'm always aware of my legacy, um, then I am doing good feng shui. Because one of the things in feng shui, you know, they talk about um, luck and um, different things, karma and things, uh, leaving things. It's really more about legacy. You know, what are you going to leave the world and behind when you go away and how can you make it a better place? So I keep, um, I want to make money and I want to be of service. Mm. So if I'm at service and I'm doing what I love, then I will make money. The money will follow. So I don't, I don't spend a lot of time worrying about the money. So what is your legacy? What have you fallen on your legacy to be? Well, when I was at ESPN, I couldn't have answered that question for the life of me. I'm thinking, is my life purpose to provide sports programming programming for a surgeon who just did heart surgery and saved somebody's life? I mean, I'm thinking, is that all I have? Because <laughs> what is the purpose of me doing sports live television? I it just... It wasn't a like-minded energy for me. Sure. It was an exciting job. I loved to play sports, but I didn't love the fact that for me, it had no life purpose to it. You weren't connected to it. I wasn't connected to it. I didn't care. Sure. People would say after I produced a show, like, who won? I go, I don't have any idea. I was so busy <laughs> with the production. Somebody better, well, like, who won? Exactly. Because you're, you're busy with the storyline and the, you know, the athletes and what's that, and the action and the camera placement. But um, now um, my, first of all, life purpose changes over time. It's not one thing. You're young. I like that. I like you're, that. You're young. You have life purpose now. Next year, it might be totally different. Sure. So don't think it's one thing. So my legacy now is um, last year, um, um, I had lost both of my parents. They both passed away. Sorry to hear that. And I had spent uh, a year and a half living out in California from moving from semi-moving temporarily from Florida to, to California, take care of my mom. My dad had passed away suddenly and my mom had Alzheimer's and my dad was very big about uh, not putting my mom in a facility. You know, we're a family, we take care of family. So I spent uh, 15 months out in California living in my childhood home, taking care of her. And, um, and so my life purpose then was giving her a quality life, you know, till she passed. Sure. So how did I, there, I went to the library every day and I love to read. And I thought this is a perfect opportunity to read every day because I love to read and never have time. I, I read five books a week. Whoa. Uh, I read oh, well over a hundred books, um, you know, while I was there. And so that was my life purpose. Then when I came back to Florida, I had shut down my business because I'm gone for this time. I, I'm a watercolor artist. I had stuff in art galleries. I shut that down. I had a YouTube channel for, you know, my business. I had all these things and everything was shut down. So now I have a blank canvas, right? Sure. So when you have a blank canvas, this is the time you get to pick things and put back in, you know, do I still want to do the watercolor art? Well, I decided to write a, you know, a book. So I wrote a book on feng shui because I thought I love the inner, inner connection of feng shui. And, uh, and now I find myself, uh, my legacy is I'm going to, from the experience I had with my, uh, my mom passing, my dad passing, I'm going to go to South Africa and have a, just a luxurious vacation and be one with the experience and one with the animals and everything else. Well, while I was there, I got an inspiration to start a preschool in South Africa because I thought, my God, we're so fortunate over here. And there's a lot of little villages over there that only speak their native tongue, in my case, this was a Zulu village. And I thought, wouldn't it be great to start a preschool where they would learn English and they'd be able to get out of the village and go to mainstream school because they could speak English, and then what would they become? Whoa. So last year, that's what I did. I started a, which was just a piece of land. And then, of course, 
as you know, I went back this year with Sharita, and now the school is built and it's thriving. And of course, you have a very integral part in the school now, don't yeah, you, Yeah, this uh, legacy of Grace Foundation that you have created is a, has a very special place in my heart because I think that the game of football or soccer is an integral part to connection. Uh, and, and I am a kinesthetic learner. So I learn very quickly, very easily through movement. And if a school is being built, I think I would love to donate for an opportunity for the kids to be able to play soccer and for the kinesthetic learners, they'd have the opportunity to learn through play. And so when I heard you were going back to Africa or South Africa, sorry, uh, I wanted to be able to use what we had at the Carolina Rapids to be able to donate there and, and see if we could help continue the initiative and help your expansion of your school. And seeing the the pictures and the videos of you distributing some of the, the soccer uniforms that we sent down was incredible. What was that like to be able to get there? see your vision come to fruition and then be able to give and and watch how your impact had really exploded in that community well the, you know soccer football in south africa is number one. Oh yeah absolutely uh, i mean they are crazy for this sport right? right and i come from a sports background so do you so we know as an athlete you're very disciplined you love it and you do learn and you learn how to get along you learn how to be a team player i mean it's skill building for anything you're going to do in life right so we came over, Sharita and I bought five hard suitcases, which were only maybe a third was our clothes, and the other four suitcases and a half were your donations yeah. of, of everything, every yeah. kind of uniform thing. We came bearing huge gifts. Of course, when we get to the airport, they're saying, well, you know, you're going to have to overpay because you know, you're only allowed so many suitcases. So, so we paid a little bit, but in general... We talked them into, we're, we're, we're philanthropists, we're taking sure. the soccer equipment over. They, they helped us. Awesome. So we get over there, and the my partner, who is um, a Zulu uh, village member, he's a tourist guide, and he helped found the school because that was his passion as well. He started three soccer teams, a youth and two older soccer teams, like high school. Well, they're all young, but you know what I'm saying. I think the youngest is eight. And, um, and of course, the school, the preschool, the Lexi of Grace preschool, um, are the, is going to be the feeder group, right? To, right. To, because they're all from the same village. Sure. When we, when we brought out all the stuff, in fact, I kept saying to Sharita, oh, my God, if there's not enough to go around, I'll feel terrible. Sure. Because we didn't count everything. There was so much stuff. <laughs> yeah. But we didn't count it. Right. And Sharita started putting these, these uniforms, these kids. These kids are off the moon excited. I can imagine. Singing songs. And this, I didn't realize, but every song they sang had something to do with soccer. Wow. They were in the Zulu language, so I didn't know what they were saying. But I, 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 I filmed everything because it was about prayer, about being grateful for being on the team. It was about winning. It was about patience. It was about... What happens if you lose? How do you regroup? Every song had a meaning towards the game of soccer. And they sang the whole time and danced the whole time as we're giving out your gifts. It was, I cried the whole time. I can imagine. I cried the whole time. I can imagine. It was so great. But the best part is when we brought out the soccer balls and they took the little kids, ages two to six, out in the yard and the older kids with their uniforms on were playing soccer and, and kicking the ball around, which they had never done. Right. They had never seen a soccer ball. They'd never seen it. Well, you know, they might have seen it in their sure. neighborhood, but sure. not in their school. Right. And not to play with it. Yeah. And that was just off the charts exciting. I would love at some point to be able to have the opportunity to bring a turf or a, 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 a good size pitch to that school so they'd have a place to well, play. Well, we're, you know, we've invited you to come next year. I'm putting together yeah. a group. Yeah. Um, which you'll be getting an email shortly to join awesome. us. Awesome. About a tour group going there. But they are excited as heck to meet you. Cool. And I told them that you were a professional athlete and uh, that you would be able to run them through. Because, again, they're just playing soccer for the love of soccer. Sure. They don't have formal training right. or skill development or anything to really be able to, to hone in and how to. But they won their league. Oh, They won incredible. their league, in fact. So they were representing this um, that area, which is called the Amazizi Village uh, of Zulu, and uh, they won their little league. So now they've advanced to the next league, and they've won their league, of course, without uniforms. 
Sure. And so they're going to the new league with your uniforms. So they're going to have something on because before they would just wear hodgepodge of whatever. Sure. So they're actually going to wear your uniforms. Uh, I can't um, wait. And that's, I just think that's so great because what is the interconnection of that energy between a USA team and a South African team? And you and I, we all connected and we have brought this pure joy to these, this group of people. I will most definitely be on that trip. I have been to Africa before. I went to Tanzania um, oh, yeah. in 2009, went to Dar es Salaam and, and in and around that area. And we got to play a number of the professional teams there as well as a Tanzanian mm-hmm. national team. And when I went there, I was totally focused on becoming a pro and it, life was about me at that time. And I didn't extract from Africa what needs to be extracted from that experience. And so I am largely passionate to get back there. And I think it only makes sense to get back to Legacy of Grace or to get to Legacy of Grace and to experience it there. Now, what I'm talking about when I say the experience there is the lack thereof, but the appreciation for what they ha- what they have. There seems to be much less suffering in Africa when it comes to the way they feel about their situations comparatively to Western society where people are trying to chase, trying to grab, and there's a large amount of suffering in our society. What do you think attributes to the balance that the African community and culture has with relatively um, the amount of lack that they're, that they're well, experiencing? Well, they, they kind of don't even know better, you know, that, they, that there's other things out there. Imagine in a Zulu village where all you know, well, first of all, you only speak the language, and they don't have garbage pickup or anything. I mean, it's, it's not, you know, they're growing their own vegetables a little bit. Uh, a few people are starting to work in nearby lodges, you know, as maids or whatever. So they're starting to earn a little bit of money, but pretty much they're self-sustaining, which is kind of interesting. Um, but their love is soccer and singing. Mm. You know, they love to sing. They they have traditional tribe dancing and singing and stuff like that. They're very happy people. So they kind of almost don't know the dark side of anything. Wow. But for example, one of the gifts we brought the children was a little bottle of bubbles that you blow, you know, how you, you yeah, know, yeah. and you blow, they went insane <laughs> over these bubbles, Wow! screaming for the bubbles, trying to catch them. And when we were taking both, uh, Shreed and I took over professional, you know, cameras to take um, still photos and they'd never seen pictures of themselves. So we're taking, and they're posing. They don't know what they're doing. Sure. We're posing, taking close of their face. Then we show them the picture and they go, yeah. Oh my God. They would scream because they had never seen themselves. Wow. So you're experiencing literally pure joy mm. over the simplest things. So can you imagine five suitcases of soccer equipment? Couldn't imagine. They lost their mind. Yeah. I mean, it was complete with sure. everything. Sure. Um, in fact, you know, we were there three days uh, at the, at the school and the, the boy, some of the older boys were going to high school um, and the yellow, they wore those outfits every day when they came to school. They always stopped by the school when I was there and they were always right. still wearing the uniforms. Right. I don't think they were ever going to take them off because <laughs> they were so excited yeah. about the uniforms. I mean, they, they will sleep in them. And, um, and it, to me, that was just like, if that can bring you that much joy, is it for, with a t-shirt? What, what else do you need? So you know? as you come back to the United States and you're filled with such gratitude from that experience, um, but what kind of perspective does it put back on your life and maybe, you know, the situations that you're in or the experiences that you've been through? Where's your mindset right now having been not too far removed from that trip? Well, I, uh, I'm more motivated than ever to raise money for the Legacy of Grace, either through physical donations or whatever. Um, a lot of times, other than taking suitcases of things over there, it's too difficult to ship. So you have to really rely on, I mean, I do spend a fair amount of my own money supporting it. I pay for the English teacher every month. Uh, but the good news about South Africa is it's, it's the exchange rate is now 15 to one. So whatever $1 is, it's $15 over there. Wow. So a lot of times I just wait till I get over there to buy things because I can do more once I'm there. Yeah. And, uh, so my, my passion right now is funding the legacy of grace and keeping it going. Because when you see, from last year, 2015, it was just a piece of land, to 2016, it's actually buildings with kids speaking English. I mean, I was there for my birthday. They sang happy birthday to me in English. Oh, man. And I was just like going, holy moly, this is amazing. Yeah. Because I know these kids will 
learn English, and now they will go to school. And what will they become? So that's right. my legacy. That's my passion. More than anything else right now is making that successful indefinitely and leaving that as a lasting legacy. And anybody who wants to be part of that legacy, like you are part of the legacy, sure. um, it's, it's called Legacy of Grace. But grace happens to be my last name. But grace also means in the spirit of grace. Absolutely. So if you want to be part of the legacy or anybody else, um, be part of it and leave it there because – you know, one day I, you're younger than I am. One day I won't be around and you keep it going. You know, sure. why not? Sure. You know, your vibe attracts your tribe. I'll keep saying yeah. that. And any of the listeners that are listening to the show, I'll make sure that I put all of the information for Legacy of Grace into the show notes so you can find it very easily. And if you'd like to give of your time or your energy or your resources, I would highly recommend helping this great project. Um, what are you grateful for right now, Cheryl? Well, I'm grateful to talk to you today because, again, I'm in the present moment, and this is a wonderful inner, uh, opportunity to exchange energy. Uh, your energy gives me energy. Awesome. And so um, I always need to have my energy restored, right? Sure. Because that's why we go to bed and sleep at night. you got to restore the energy. Yeah. So in the feng shui term, anything that restores my energy is a positive. Anything that takes away my energy is a negative. Sure. So I, I gravitate away from people who are energy vampires. And I, <laughs> I like jump to, on people like you that restore my it energy. It puts a huge smile on my face to know that yeah. I'm one of those people yeah. because my own energy is very important to me. And I, I, I take a huge amount of pride on having a good positive energy. So that's a huge compliment. To well, yeah. Me. And you know, in order to do your work, you need to be restored with good energy. Absolutely. So if you get boosts of good energy from people, you'll keep doing the work. So tell me this. Has there ever been a time in your life where you felt the energy that you have has been sucked from you? Uh, yeah, actually, I uh, recently got diagnosed with throat cancer in uh, wow. April of this year. I just moved to North Carolina. Wow. And uh, I got diagnosed, which I didn't have any symptoms. I'm, I'm an athlete. I'm very healthy. And uh, it, it takes you, it takes the wind out of your sails. Trust I can me. only imagine. Because in general, your first thought is, um, oh, I'm going to die. Because that's what people think when you have cancer. Sure. And then um, after you get over that, and they give you the diagnosis, and you know what you, you go over your treatment options, then the next thing is getting into that positive energy because it's really you need a lot of positive energy to um, contra contradict and push back on the negative energy of what cancer is. Right. So I had a little, you know, I had my I had my moments where I wasn't a hundred percent. Um, positive like I normally am. Um, but I used the good feng shui in order to keep that going. So you immersed the two? You yes, using... I immersed the two because that's that's what I know. That's what I rely on because I said feng shui is a lifestyle. So you think, okay, the good components of health, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, it's a four-prong approach to health. And I'm down and out on physical, right? I've been diagnosed with something that's evil. So I got three other prongs that I can work on to counterbalance this one thing. I can overcome it. I can override it. So I concentrated on my mental attitude, my emotional energy, and my spiritual energy. And I'm cancer-free. I got a diagnosis, a CAT Incredible. scan. Incredible. Congratulations. Yes, thank you. Uh, it was a summer thing. And so now I'm very grateful to be alive and healthy and getting back to a full um, working on my my projects. You're very vibrant. Your energy is 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 growing in strength, and you, you fooled me. I would have never had known that you had gone through something like that. So you're talk about restoring. You're very restorative in a restorative state at this moment, and your energy is very good. So, was there ever a time because I I kind of think or view feng shui to be a holistic approach. Um, was there a moment where you were going to try to go all feng shui on, on cancer and try to take a full holistic approach? Uh, was, there, was there a time where you had to make a decision there? Yes. I, uh, well, coming from this genre, you know, and my people are Reiki master. I'm a Reiki master as well. Uh, Reiki masters, healers of all kinds, um, taking more of an intuitive approach, uh, good health, good nutrition, juicing, eating right, fiber, all those things, you know, they are all helpful in, in preventing cancer and curing cancer. So I asked my, you know, my Western doctor, ears, nose, and throat doctor, uh, what if I took this approach 100%, you know, just do it my way, would I be able to cure the cancer? And he said, you'd be dead in a year. Ooh. 
Now that's a reality check. He goes, alrighty then. So I did a combination approach. I did seven weeks of treatment, radiation and chemo, but I did also complementary medicine of nutrition and mindset and meditation and exercise and yoga and and obviously having the mindset of harmony harmony to counterbalance the ill effects and the devastation that radiation and chemo are taking a toll on your body. Sure, sure. What was what was the hardest moment of that process for you? Um, the hardest, well, with all cancer is evil and bad and not Absolutely. doesn't make you feel well. Um, you you have to keep your spirits up because otherwise you give up. Sure, you, you know it's so easy to go just just ro- just drive a car over me and leave me for roadkill. I don't care because you don't feel good. But for me, the hardest part was because I had throat cancer. I I was radiation was concentrated from about m- my nose all the way down to my chest, uh, I wasn't able to eat or talk. Oh man! So um, I had a, a stomach tube uh, inserted in my stomach in order to put poor nutrition through my stomach directly into you know my stomach lining, and uh, and all of the eating and talking had taken away. So you do you go into a contemplative mode because rest is actually a conscious choice of an active choice, but a, a passive process sure. to rest and allow that to happen. Imagine me who always wants to be raising yeah. money for like, you know, I have to go the opposite and I have to respect it sure. because that's the way to get back to where I want to be. So I really spent a lot of time in passive being over still, the summer. Being still is very tough, isn't it? Yeah. Active in my mindset of healing, uh, but passive in terms of my body, no Got exercise. It. Got it. Okay. So, um, that's a one example of swinging all the way to passive, but I surrendered to it because without doing that, I wouldn't have gotten better. Yeah. So when I was in Vancouver suffering the knee injury, uh, I did not surrender to needing to be still. And it turned into anxiety. Anxiety turned into depression and depression at one point put me face to face with a decision that would have been uh, irreversible. So I can understand that that notion of you accepting that fact of needing to be still and allowing your body the opportunity to heal itself and go through the process. It's a hard one to make, uh, but what a necessary and wise choice that you made. Yeah. And you talked about how will I know, how will I feel when I know I'm in neutral and stuff. Um, When you feel anxious, you're not in neutral, right? You're in the forward momentum I'm anxious. I'm in, I'm in the future. I'm anxious about what's going to happen. Sure. If you're pa- really passive and depressed and, and kind of re- revisiting the past a lot, what ifs, you know, what if I'd done this? What I, you know, what if I chose this thing? Then you know you're not in the present moment because you're going to the past. So a lot of times the language you're using will give you a cue that you're not in the present moment. So I had to do that too. Like even sometimes when I was just too passive, I thought I've been, I've been laying in bed a little too long. Sure. Even if I just do a walking in my house and I created a little, little gym path in my house. Nice. And I would just do that because again, not trying to go run two miles. Right which is probably what you did. You pushed it, right? <laughs> Thinking about it. Yeah, but, you know, I'm, sure. so you see the segue. It's just to just get back to neutral right. and restore your energy. And because there's wisdom in that passive time, mm. there's wisdom there. Mm. You know, I, I'm back to a blank canvas, Wes, right? Remember I told you about the blank canvas when I went home and took care of my mom, yep. right? Yep. I'm right now in October 2016, I have a blank canvas again, right? Do you, do you like that feeling of a blank canvas? Uh, yeah, because I, first of all, I've experienced it once. So I know that there's a lot of things to be excited about, Sure. but between writing the next book, am I going to do that? Am I going to continue with the legacy of grace? Uh, what else am I going to do? I'm new to North Carolina. So when I ask that question every morning, what's my life to be used for? Um, that drives the day right now because that's, I'm just trying to get to the, to the answer to what I just asked for. So you allow, you allow the universe to, to activate your intention for each day? For each day. Because I, if I said, oh, I'm going to write a book. Well, am I really? Do sure. I have the energy to do that? Yeah. Really? Or, you know, so I let it, so I take it day by day because I then like it's that. forcing me to be in the present moment, right? Sure. You know, I've been, uh, I, every day I wake up and I have my intention setting moments where I talk about what I'm thankful for, my gratitude list yeah. and what I'd like to do in the day. And some days I, I judge myself because I'm not getting to what I really had intended to that yeah. day. And the fact that you're talking about just 
asking for what the universe would like me to be of service to yeah. that particular day and then listening for that, I feel like that resonates with me more. And I, I think I'm going to activate that into my life because listening is much more powerful, I think, at, at times. Um, well, yeah. And your mind is a monkey mind because you're thinking about, oh, I want to do this. Yeah, 100%. This. So it it's can't receive information if it's busy. Right. So the mind loves to search for answers, loves it. Right. So when you say, hey, what's my life to be used for today? Or what's, what's my life purpose? Or is there something I should be doing different today? Or how can I be of service today? Sure. Anything like that. The mind goes, yippee, he finally <laughs> asked me a question. I'm going to answer it. And I tell you, right, right away, you'll get the answer and then just go do it. Because a lot of what stifles drive is not allowing for natural pacing. Ooh. People, situations... And experiences have to line up, synchronize in order to happen. And if you're trying to push that process, it may never line up. You're thinking, I'm just so close, but it's not there. You had a great experience this morning of good news because you went to an event where you were told to surrender the process, trust it. And you see how your your, your personal, you, you slowed your, your role. Yep. And now these things are aligning. These alignments are coming into place. Yeah, the Lululemon hike. We, we went on, and when we came back from it, I uh, just left a meeting today with uh, some of the Lululemon representatives, and we're talking about now bringing a hike experience here to Charlotte, to the, to the area, and this has been a part of my vision uh, from months, almost a half, a little over half a year ago of trying to create an experience like this, and now it's coming into place, and it only has come into place in the moment where I got to neutral, which is what you're talking about. You know, you talk about the synchronicity. I asked myself on Monday morning, the first day back from the hike, I said, universe, I want a sign from you. I would like a sign from you to, that lets me know that I'm walking in my light, in my passion. Um, you know, some people in Gabby Bernstein book, she talks about seeing a, uh, an owl. Whenever she sees an owl, she knew that that was she was supposed to make a decision at that time or like there was a house she was going to buy and she found the owl in the house. Um, I asked, show me a sign. And ever since Monday, I keep seeing repeating numbers. It's everywhere. It's 555, 1111. When I ordered my food, my number was 22. And I just associate that with the sign that I'm supposed to be looking for with the synchronicity of what you're talking about. Right. And see, when you said, show me a sign, that's almost the same as asking for a sign. Right. It's the same, just a different kind of way of, of stating it. Sure. But you're getting an answer. So you, yeah. you've proven yourself how it works. Yeah. And a lot of times I'd go, show me a sign that I'm on the right path. Like I've hit a little bit of a stall. Sure. You know, show me a sign. And the next thing I know, I'll get a phone call from somebody and they're going, we want you to do this or that. You know, it's, it's that, uh, the, the feng shui way is a zigzag path. You know, it's kind of an S curve, uh, not a straight line. And when you're driven, it's kind of a straight line. Yeah. So you've got to pause. Mm. And if you can't pause on your own, you put in your own pauses or breath or a pregnant moment, pregnant pause, Sure. you know, take a breath yeah. and then let things line up. Because if you push, they won't. Well, they will be disconnected. You're they won't, restricted. They won't g g gather together. Yeah. So anyway, um, it's yeah, magic, I, isn't it? It's just yeah, magic. Yeah, it's very, it's very magic when you sit in this present moment thing, um, and you hear the word present moment all the time. And I never used to understand what does that mean exactly. Well, it means like I'm present. You and I are very present right now. Yeah. We're having a conversation. We're eye making eye contact. And how many times did we do that? When we're talking to other people at other times, not looking at our phone at the same time, uh, darting our eyes away, looking around, you've got to practice um, present moments, awareness all the time. So if you could leave a couple of things for the listeners to have really absorbed from you and your essence as they move uh, throughout their day after listening to this conversation, uh, what would be some of the things that, that I'd probably go back to the one thing I said is it's okay to say no. Okay. Because no means not forever. Just no means not right now. You know, say to no to anything that doesn't restore your energy. Wow. You know, if you if you don't want to go someplace, just call them and say, you know, I'm just not feeling it right now, but I'll, I'll, I'll take a rain check and then go do something you want to do because you always make choices that restore your energy. Um, probably the second thing I'd say is, because I'm a feng shui practitioner, I can't help myself, clear your clutter. 
I mean, really go through your house and get rid of everything that's on the floor, everything that's hanging behind a door, everything that's underneath your bed. Um, get rid of that stuff because it's just stagnant energy. It's, it's taking up space. Okay. So the more that you declutter your physical environment and the more you declutter your, your personal environment, the more space you have for new things to come in. Yeah. You know, if you have a drawer that's already stuffed with stuff, you can't put anything more in that drawer. So you've got to just lighten up the load so that new things can come in. Better things. Love that. Better things. Better things. Creating this space for better things. Since you coming into my life, you coming onto the show, you've created space for a better version of myself just by implementing your knowledge from your passion. And it aligns with kind of how I feel about energy. And I have a feeling this, this book in my hand, Feng Shui, simply change your life from the inside out by Cheryl Grace, the lovely guest of today's show. Your next book, is it going to be Feng Shui based? It will be Feng Shui based. I, I'm uh, tentatively calling it driving in a neutral because uh, <laughs> when you're in neutral, you're still kind of driving, but, and it's a, co- it's a way to cope with change using feng shui because anytime you have a big change in your life, um, you're thrown off your game and you've got to go back to the feng shui skills and wisdom and philosophy of feng shui to help you get back to that center. Yeah. You know, so I always revisit that stuff and I'm more fascinated about the philosophy and the internal wisdom of feng shui more so than I am about where the furniture was. Sure. Uh, in fact, my my working title for the first book, not the one you just said, but th- this book, but I originally called it The Wisdom of Feng Shui. It's not just about the furniture. Because <laughs> people would always say to me, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a feng shui practitioner. And they go, oh, is that about the furniture? And I'd say, no, it's not just about the furniture. So I kept saying that. I thought yeah. that was to be the title for the yeah, book. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I would, um, if, you, if you're interested in feng shui, um, you, there's a lot of rich philosophy that is just practical in how to live your life and how sure. to, as a template for how to live your life. Sure. You, uh, you live such a cool, amazing life. You fought a lot for, for what you want. Your legacy is building. You've crushed cancer. You are an inspiring human being. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank space. you for having me. I appreciate it. It's so great to, to meet you. And I hope to see you on a YouTube channel first. <laughs> I, I think, think if I you talk to your listeners... Uh, I think we're going to have to demand it because you belong on TV and I should know I used to work for ESPN. Well, I hope to do that. I will hopefully create space for more. And thank you so much again, Cheryl. It's been awesome. My pleasure having you on the show. Okay, thank you.